Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Alina podcast. Adventures of one obsessed nutrition coach on a mission to create a world where food makes us better. Today, guys, we are going to learn um, some practical tools to help you to eat better and navigate um, labels of different foods better. So this episode is light in uh, science, in scientific research, in macros uh, and micros, but it is heavy in practice. So after today's episode, you're going to understand how to shop better, better for your health, um, simply without overthinking it. I'm often asked by my clients um, on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, how do you, how do we read food labels? Like how a person knows whether they should avoid that specific ingredient or it's okay to eat? Um, like where is this database of good and bad food ingredients, right? And there is no such database, guys. Um, Different countries define harmful ingredients in different ways. Even let's take US and Europe. Some of these substances or additives, food additives that are allowed in US are not allowed in Europe. Usually it doesn't go the other way around. Europe is more strict when it comes to adding different uh, ingredients not proven by uh, many, many years to be safe for human consumption. When it comes to US, they're more liberal um, about adding things. Uh, and from one side, you know, it adds a lot of freedom. It gives a lot of freedom to food manufacturers. But then uh, on the other side, it adds a lot of substances that might not necessarily kill us today or even in, in a year from now or even in five years from now. But um, in 10, 15 years, you might discover that you develop some condition, chronic condition, because of consuming some ingredient on a regular basis because nobody told you that um, it wasn't good for you. And, you know, it's in our food supply. So we expect it to, we expect everything that is in our food supply to not be harmful. But that not, not that is not actual truth. That's not actual reality, guys. Um, and there is no database that will say which ingredients are really good for you and which are not really good for you and you should be avoiding them. There is not enough good science about all these ingredients uh, and most food companies don't do any studies to include um, those questionable ingredients. And so how do we read food labels now without being confused and overwhelmed? My simple rule, guys, uh, I'm a nutrition coach, I'm a nutritionist, and even I don't know all of the ingredients. I don't know where all of them um, coming from, uh, whether they are good for us now and in 20, 30 years from now or not. But I do know that uh, in the times of our parents and grandparents, we didn't have that much chronic disease. And most of the foods that come from the ground that um, are whole foods and whole food based and uh, 
are basically foods that are made into ingredients and added into our foods. Uh, the long story short, guys, uh, there is much more chance that the foods that uh, have been with us for uh, decades and centuries are okay for our bodies compared to some novel ingredients that were created uh, or added recently to our food supply, like those, you know, trans fats and all or all kinds of fake fats and and fake products in general like um when fat is removed when um something else is removed when uh, something else is added like fortified stuff uh, at different sorts of extract and potions like who knows how it's gonna work for our body a long term nobody really knows so my shortcut is always look at any food um label and then read through the whole food label and then see if there is some ingredient that I don't know what it means, that it sounds like it came from a scientific lab, it's some name that I don't understand and I don't buy that ingredient for my kitchen and it's not any kind of food that is familiar to me. Um, and then I don't buy that food. At least I don't buy it uh, until I do proper research. And proper research for me uh, means doing quite a lot of reading and seeing if there are actual studies confirming that this ingredient has been used for ages and ages. And from all the research and studies we have, it has like no questions about it, that it might be... Um, not as beneficial for our health. Like, for example, let's take our artificial sweeteners like aspartame, right? Um, now, we might not have conclusive evidence from human studies that it necessarily causes cancer, but we do have some mice studies and there is concern in health community, even in a part of that health community. So, that's why I'm not going to be consuming it, because it's still questionable. And yeah, it might be benign or it might not be, but I don't want to find out in 30 years that I developed cancer because I was consuming some artificial sweetener. Do you? Uh, I doubt it. That's why whenever there is question about certain ingredient, I tend to stay on the safe side and don't put it into my food supply. That's why, again, whenever you read any food label, read through the whole food label. And if there is something that you don't understand that, you know, some scientific term uh, or E and some number, um, then don't buy that. Go for foods that either don't require ingredient list like our fruits and vegetables, meats and fish and eggs and all of that, uh, or go for food products that where all the ingredients are whole food ingredients that you can understand, that even your mom and your grandma would understand. So that's my best advice, guys. Um, and some ingredients, you know, like citric acid, for example, uh, it can be benign, and it's a great preservative and it's similar to the acid that we have in lemons or other fruit and vegetable and it even can have a name like e330 that's actually the um uh, the label for citric acid in uh, different terms. So some ingredients can be um, benign and they can be pretty good for us meaning they don't cause harm uh, but 
to be on the safe side, if you don't understand some ingredient, you know, Google it, uh, figure out what it is, or just don't buy that product. There are many, many products that have ingredient list, what we like to call them clean ingredient list uh, that contain only whole food ingredients. So again, guys, to simplify your guide to ingredient lists, Look for products that have ingredients that you understand as a human being that you understand. If you don't understand something, if it's some exotic product, Google it. And if it's not fruit, vegetable, meat, fish, or any whole food coming from the ground or that has been alive and running on the ground or swimming or flying, then don't buy that food product. Um, because again, don't think that you'll be able to figure it all out. Even myself, I, with years, decades of experience in the field, I don't know all of the ingredients. I can't be sure that whatever is on that label and I don't understand that it is safe. Like, even me, even though I read ingredient lists all the time in different countries around the world. Uh, and guys, another thing about labels, don't fall for front label uh, claims. Like if something says it's healthy and all natural and organic, in most cases it means absolutely nothing. Uh, cyanide is also all organic or like <laughs> but it's poison and it can kill you uh, tobacco is also all organic can be and all natural but it doesn't mean it's good for you um so if the label front label says anything like you know it's healthy it's good it's organic and all natural still read the ingredient list because why well you probably don't want to be eating added sugars and even if it's cane sugar or coconut sugar or coconut nectar or agave nectar or whatever that is, it's still sugar, it's still added sugar or evaporated cane juice, it's still sugar. It does the same thing to your blood sugar levels, spiking it as a regular sugar does. Maybe brown sugar has a tiny little bit of some nutrient that uh, white sugar doesn't have. But believe me, uh, that doesn't make much of a difference for your blood sugar levels, for your metabolism, and your long-term health. So, labels, don't uh, fall for front labels. Always, always, just guys, develop a habit of reading ingredient lists. Always, all the time. You wouldn't believe where people put all kinds of crappy stuff, uh, preservatives that you don't want to have in your body and not on a regular basis. You know, some, for example, Thai coconut milk will have just water and coconut flesh or coconut meat. And some Thai coconut milks will have added maltodextrin and emulsifiers and all the other preservatives. So always read the ingredient list, never assume anything, unless you know it's the same brand and you've been buying it for ages. So labels, guys, read, read them. That's one of the best healthy eating practices and habits you can develop, especially in our today's confused and overwhelming uh, food world where most companies don't do any research about ingredients and how they combine together and how long-term they can affect our health. We are centenarian creatures, guys. We live 100 years. And what can be an okay or benign for you today, uh, when you consume it over a few years, it can be pretty, pretty nasty what it can add up to. Um, 
So read the ingredient list and choose the ones with the ingredients that you actually understand what they mean. Another topic I'd like to discuss um, that is also brought up by my clients, the topic of healthy desserts or healthy alternatives also to sugar and different flours and, you know, healthy baking. There are quite a few ingredients these days on the market that can help you to make your dessert sweet, but it's still going to be dessert. It's not something I would recommend to eat every single day. If you want sweet taste, eat fruit on a regular basis, but a dessert should be a, um, a dessert once in a while thing. So there are some sweeteners that are better than sugar when it comes to blood sugar, when it comes to your metabolic health. Like, for example, stevia, natural stevia without any additives or um, monk fruit extract, or, for example, erythritol or allulose. Those are sweeteners. Some are natural, some are not. Um, monk fruit is natural, stevia is natural, allulose and erythritol, not so much. Um, but they tend to not affect your blood sugar, and we don't seem to have any evidence that it causes any negative health consequences, although erythritol does cause some digestive issue for some people, so probably might not be the best thing to consume on a regular basis. But when it comes to desserts that you do once in a while, not that bad. Um, so those are some sweeteners that you can use instead of sugar, instead of cane sugar, instead of um, honey to make your dessert uh, healthier for your metabolism, for your blood sugar levels. And we all need to control blood sugar levels, insulin levels for longevity and long-term health. That's what all these studies and science show. Um, so those are better compared to, again, to cane sugar, to brown sugar, to coconut sugar, to agave syrup, to honey, and all of these other sweeteners. Uh, and then when it comes to flours that we can use sometimes in baking or different doing different stuff, so there are only two kinds of flours that I like to distinguish. Um, the ones, flours that are made from grains, and that can be oat flour or um, that can be what do we have? Um, well, wheat flour, right? Um, and um, all kinds of grains and flours made from it. And there are different kinds of flours that are made from seeds, like flaxseed flours or coconut flour or almond flour. Um, in Switzerland, what is also popular, hazelnut flour. Um, and those flours are different because they don't have those starches, those sugars that green flours have. And they have more fats in them and they are metabolized different and they affect our blood sugar differently. So if you want to have a healthier version of any dessert, of any pastry, uh, figure out how to use, there are a lot of guidelines on the internet, um, figure out how to use almond flour or coconut flour or flaxseed flour or other seed flours instead of grain flours. And grain flours, no matter how whole they are, they are still quite uh, not great for our blood sugar because of starches and fast carbohydrates that they contain compared to grain and nut flours that do not contain those. So if you're 
uh, looking for a healthier dessert, use those instead. And if you, for your dessert you need to use some kind of milk, uh, use coconut, use almond, use cashews, use all these nut milks, depending on a particular dessert or purpose that you're using it for, uh, different nut mil milks might work. And in that specific taste, I'm all for being vegan. So nut milks, when compared to dairy milks, are usually much, much better for our uh, metabolic and digestive health, unless if you um if your body if your digestive system um is good at digesting dairy products that come from a farm that were not pasteurized or homogenized that completely change molecular structure of milk well again i'm talking science but um when it comes to milk for most of us i'm all for vegan milk and um those are the ones that you want to be using in a healthier desserts and the last, guys, but not least, uh, what I wanted to talk to you about today is protein powders. I'm often asked on my social media or by my clients, do you sell protein powders? And somehow a lot of people, when it comes to supplements and people are new to this whole nutrition and health eating thing, uh, and also working out, going to the gym and building up more muscle, people start thinking that protein powder, protein supplement is that the supplement that they need for some reason to get healthier. But actually, guys, from nutrition perspective, protein powder is the last thing you need to put on your grocery shopping list. Now, when it comes to supplements, it might make sense in our food environment where a lot of us are deficient in different vitamins and minerals, it might make sense to actually add some multivitamin or some mineral, especially uh, some things like vitamin D or vitamin A or calcium, potassium, magnesium that a lot of people are deficient in. But when it comes to protein, uh, you'll be very... It's going to be really hard for you to find a person in... A developed world, a person who's not starving somewhere in Africa, it's going to be really hard to find a person deficient in protein. Almost impossible. Now, of course, if somebody is an athlete and they train a lot and they, and they need to consume a lot of different foods to support their body's performance. Now, that's a different thing. Most of us are not professional athletes. Most of us are not professional bodybuilders trying to be to build a lot, a lot of muscle and not being able to eat normal foods in that amount. But for most of us, protein powder... Again, unless you're going to like Tibet and you're not going to be eating for a while, that's not the case, guys. Eat whole foods. Um, very convenient uh, protein food sources um, are boiled eggs that you can boil in bulk. You can boil like 10 eggs and put them in the fridge and whenever you need extra protein and extra vitamin A, vitamin D and a whole bunch of other vitamins that egg yolk contains. So whenever you need some extra protein, just eat an egg. Uh, I made a whole video how you make pretty egg and spinach hearts to keep in your fridge to eat whenever you need boost, some nutritional boost of uh, good quality protein and uh, some vitamins and minerals from spinach. So boiled eggs and canned food, especially canned seafood, canned tuna, canned sardines. You know, here in Russia, we have all kinds of canned seafood and not just seafood, but also canned beef, canned pork, canned um, organ meats like chicken gizzard or chicken heart. So we have 
all kinds of canned food here. And it's really quick and convenient way to consume some protein without having to cook anything. Or you can simply, when you cook, cook once, eat many times. So when you cook next time, your protein-rich foods, like maybe your fish, your chicken, your meat, just cook more and put it in the fridge or in the freezer, depending on how long you intend to store that food. Like usually fridge at three, four days, something longer would put it in the freezer. And those are your best protein sources. Uh, whole foods always work better for digestion and uh, assimilation of nutrients and how body utilizes them. Plus whole foods usually have um, quite good nutritional profile uh, in the best absorbable form because again our body knows how to work with whole foods much better than with any supplements so guys when it comes to protein um, supplement whole foods that's your supplement and it's really easy to make happen again pre-boil some eggs make a pretty spinach egg heart um, check out on my instagram the link you can find in the show notes eat some canned seafood or canned uh, beef or pork, maybe some uh, dried jerky made of salmon or beef or pork. They have quite a lot of these things uh, on the market these days and pretty good quality, organic and all, without preservatives. So ch check that out instead of looking for defensive protein powder. Uh, protein powder was, again, designed for more for athletes, not for folks like me and you who do exercise, but not like professional athletes several hours a day, every day. Um, uh, instead, you know, actually, when it comes to protein supplement, um, you might consider getting some collagen because collagen, it's a specific type of uh, protein that, yeah, our body can make, but sometimes it doesn't make it in sufficient amount for some reason or the other because we don't eat that many, um, you know, organ meats and different animal parts that have a lot of connective tissue that has a lot of collagen. So supplementing with collagen, especially if you train a lot, that might be um, something I might recommend to people, especially who do train quite often and who experience some joint pain or discomfort in their joints and tendons. Uh, um, to sum it up, guys, when it comes to labels, don't fall for front label. And if you don't understand something on the ingredient list, don't buy that food and uh, get into the habit of reading ingredient list of every single food you are about to buy. Um, when it comes to healthifying your desserts, healthier versions of sugars are stevia monk fruit but again check the ingredient list because some companies say you know it's stevia but then you look at the ingredient list and there is a whole bunch of stuff besides the stevia or you buy some chocolate and it says sweetened with stevia and then you look at the ingredient list and there is like maltitol maltidextrin and a whole bunch of stuff and yeah there is some stevia but you know it's not all that there is uh, so don't fall for front labels there either stevia monk fruit extract erythritol allulose, uh, those are uh, sweeteners that are proven to be okay. But again, remember that dessert should be once in a while thing, not everyday thing, not your main meal every day. Um, and then when it comes to flowers, 
the only difference, real difference for your metabolism is between grain flours and nuts and seed flours. So if you want to make a healthier, a better dessert for your metabolism, choose um, almond flour, coconut flour, flaxseed flour, and other nut flours, nut and seed flours. Uh, and when it comes to protein supplements, collagen might make sense for a lot of people, especially who train a lot and uh, you experience some discomfort in your joints and, and uh, tendons already. And then for a quick protein fix, uh, always choose whole foods like boiled eggs or uh, protein-rich foods that you cook in advance or canned seafood or um, canned other foods or maybe beef jerky or fish jerky. So those are good and convenient sources of protein that come from whole foods that also have um, a variety of different nutrients in the best form for our body to absorb, digest, and use. So that's it for today, guys. A short guide um, to into different aspects uh, of our food system, of our food products and foods. Um, for you to learn to use and to improve your eating habits in order to feel better, perform better, and look better. So, hey guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend of yours who then you can together discuss what you learned and practice it next time you are at, at a store doing grocery shopping. That might be something fun to do right now because all the entertainment we have around the world now is grocery shopping so you might as well take a family member or a friend of yours uh, put your masks and gloves on listen to this episode once again and uh, go through all of the foods that you're curious about read the ingredients list and figure out what you'd like to buy more of what you should leave at the store and get you know get some X boiling to have a convenient protein source for yourself. So that's about it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Really appreciate your time and attention. Stay safe, stay healthy, and as usual, till next time, eat better daily. <laughs>